Welcome everyone to the Cardano Effect Podcast, episode 79. The purpose of this podcast is to take high-level developer information and projects that are occurring within the Cardano space and break them down into bite-sized, consumable pieces of information for everyday use. I'm your host, Philippe, and let's get this podcast started. Rick and myself are the hosts of the Cardano Effect, and if you're not familiar with this series, this is our live stream series. We cover all the latest news and events within the Cardano ecosystem. We talk about blockchain, we answer live YouTube comments, and we also go to the subreddit and sort by top for this week so you can follow along and we're going to cover some of the news articles in Reddit as well. There is a lot to talk about this week. I know this has been one of the roughest weeks for a lot of crypto holders, especially if you got in maybe 2017 or even if you're just a recent crypto holder. It's just astonishing what happened this week. So we're going to cover some price, some of the issues with the market. We're going to talk about lots of the news stories such as Hydra and uh, partnership as well. So let's get right into the mix of things. Remember, none of what we say on this podcast is financial advice, even though we're going to be talking a little bit about markets today. You are your best financial advisor. And if you don't think you are, you need to find someone who's qualified to do so. Rick, how are you doing this morning? What happened this week? I know. <laughs> what What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, Philippe. Thanks. And uh, welcome, everyone, to the Cardano Effect. I would like to give a shout out, first of all, to the Cardano Foundation, our sponsor of this podcast. Thank you very much, Cardano Foundation, for sponsoring the podcast. We very much appreciate your support. I'd also like to remind any new viewers this podcast is available on all audio streaming platforms. Uh, so with that said and out of the way, let's go into the markets and what happened. Uh, again, not financial advice, but complete crash of crypto, not complete crash. It was really bad. It could, all, it could always go to zero, right? But it it just plummeted worse than everything else. Like I would see stock markets go down 10%. Per day, the only thing that stopped it from going down, you know, they say there are circuit breakers in place. Well, I don't know how the circuit breakers work, but the only thing that seemed to stop the downward trends the past week on the stock market was when closing would close at the end of the day, and then the the bleeding would stop, <laughs> and it's yeah. then the next day it would pick up, spike, drop again. One point five trillion dollars printed in the last week, not even printed. They don't even print it anymore. <laughs> they just type type some numbers in a computer somewhere. I don't know where that computer is, but if hackers ever get a hold of it, we're in big trouble. <laughs> we're in big trouble. Someone gets a hold of that computer where they yeah. type in the new money numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy. <laughs> we were all in the Cardano Effect Telegram channel. We were monitoring the price live. It went under two cents at one point. And just for point of reference, I know none of most people here are not ICO buyers. The Japanese ICO investors bought at around 10 times less than the entry price for Cardano in the market. So they were buying at 0.002 cents. That's their ICO price. But when it hit markets, it was right around two cents, maybe a little bit above, right around that marker. And we went below the initial price that it hit exchanges on. And it was, it was, it was just astonishing because if you really think about how high we climbed, we went all the way to like a dollar eighteen cents. And then we are 99% down all the way back to exactly where we started. I'm going to share some thoughts and emotions that I had. I mean, I was extremely frustrated because in about a month I'll be in crypto for about three years. I got in right around this time in 2017. That's when I started investing. And you look back, I mean, Cardano was not launched until the end of November, but it's like we're right back to where we started. And that's like three years later. And it's just, it, it's, it's highly upsetting, very upsetting. And we could be here for a long period of time and we could also go down 
a lot more. You know, it's not these, these markets are extremely fickle. Don't let anyone try to con you and say that, you know, it's a hedge or it's a safe investment. You need to make sure you do what's good for you because you could lose all your money at the end of the day. It's very possible. I don't know, Rick, did you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. And there's also a lot of good comments in the chat. Crypto is not a hedge against anything. I just call it like it is. Call it like I see it. In the future, it could be, should be, would be, whatever, but we're not there yet. Yes. Um, So you just got to call it like it is. And I never even expected it to be a hedge against anything. You will see there are times where big personalities in crypto will call it a hedge. You often see Pomp and Peter Schiff going at it on crypto Twitter between Bitcoin and gold. You can't compare Bitcoin to gold. There's no comparison. No comparison. Gold has way too much functionality. Mm. Gold has been used as a store of value and means of exchange for thousands and thousands of years. The only purpose for cash and fiat was gold's too heavy or gold is dangerous. Yeah. You know, gold, right? And that's yes, the only purpose exactly. for it. Exactly. So fiat was used to represent gold and silver. I mean, I got gold rings, a gold tooth, not that I wanted one, silver necklaces. So precious metals, gold, silver, brass, copper, nickel, all of them have been used for centuries and millenniums to represent value because they have value. They, have, they also have inherent functionality. Yes. So the markets are competing with that functionality in technology and in jewelry and in medical devices. So that value is retained. Gold, I think gold lost the least. I'm not looking at the chart right now, but the precious metals lost the least. Everything lost. Everything yes. lost. The only thing that didn't lose was toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> toilet paper is the winner. If you had stocks in Charmin or, uh, or Scott or whatever, the, any of the toilet paper manufacturers, you might be doing okay. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you can't, and you, I have a hard time comparing crypto to metal because the reference point is fiat. And you say, how much is gold worth? You measure it with dollars or pounds or yen. You say, how much is anything worth? And you measure it with your native version of fiat. Then you say, how much is crypto worth? You also measure it with fiat. But until you start measuring the price of a taco with crypto or the price of a hamburger with crypto, then crypto is still not king. It's yes. not king until you start doing that. It, it's not. It's not. I right? just call it like it is. Yes. And right now, cash is king because in order to get the most powerful asset in the world right now, which is toilet paper, you need to have some cash on hand. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit difficult to buy toilet paper with uh, your crypto. I, I had to go check out that guy on the quarter, you know, the shady looking people who like scalp tickets and sell nefarious substances. Yes. I wonder if they're down there with a the truck full of toilet paper. Like, hey, guy, hey, man, five bucks, get you a roll. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? There might be a market. One, one more thing that I wanted to address. Also, I, I see a lot of people that also say buy the dip. Well, we've dipped all the way back to our initial reference point. So I think we need to change the vernacular because, uh, I mean, are we going to say dip all the way to zero? Like, I mean, at, at some point. It's just, you know, whether you want to invest or not, there's no more dips anymore. It's, it's back to where we started. We need a new word. We need a new word when it's below the dip. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it hit, when it hit 0. 0.0192 cents and then it jumped to 0. 0.0198 cents, me and Jeremy were joking about, hey, it bounced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was like a 10% bounce or something like that. It's barely over two cents at this point. Well, another, another vernacular that kind of gets me a little bit is on, uh, is on crypto Twitter. I visit crypto Twitter quite a bit and people get kind of angry with other people who call it like it is and say, 
yeah, crypto got wrecked, you know, it did. But then you say, oh, if you have weak hands, then maybe crypto's not for you. Well, that's probably not a good dialogue to have because if you find all these reasons why crypto is not for you, then what will happen is eventually you're not going to have anybody left <laughs> because everybody can find a reason why crypto is not for you. So if you keep pushing that dialogue, then good luck with mass adoption. You'll be lucky if anybody's using it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We have to be very careful, especially I see a lot of people scaring people off like, oh, you know, let's just let the weak hands shake them out. I mean, how much, how much longer are we going to do that? Because we're burning so many people that will never, ever come back to crypto, regardless of the price, just because of their experiences. So this whole idea of, you know, you don't belong in here if you can't take the pain and stuff like that, and crypto is going to eventually reach that hit point of mass adoption, they're very contradictory. Do you want people in the market or do you not want people in the market? If you don't want people in the market, then yeah, we cans go away, but don't preach mass adoption at the same token. So yeah. you have to take it both ways. We're scaring people off. We're destroying people's investment. We know the advice of people saying, don't invest more than you are willing to lose. But let's be real. Most of the people in crypto, we're working class. We are investing more than we can afford to lose. We're trying to exponentially increase our portfolio. Most people that are involved with the Cardano project, I'm pretty sure that you haven't put $50 in the project and because it wouldn't be affecting you as much. The reason why it's affecting is because you are putting significant portions of your net worth or investment in this vehicle. And that's the only way. The people that are telling you don't put more than they're afford to lose, they put at some point, they put more than they could afford to lose. So I empathize with everyone in this situation. I know I push the limits. I push the limits and I step over them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. So I would think, you know, the best thing in my opinion to do is to help adopters tolerate the pain and understand that it's going to hit because the only thing to help me tolerate the loss was when I invest, I, I tell myself like many others, it can all go to zero. It can, it can go to zero. Yeah. That helps me throttle the risk and it helps me manage my own level of risk. And it also helps me manage my own expectations as well. So if we can do that with new people, then you'd probably get new people if at least to tell them how you manage your expectations and explain it from your point of view. I think people like that. I think they like stories. I think they like to hear from other people's experience. Agreed. Rather than preachy soapbox style advice. There's two things that probably throw people off. Preachy soapbox style advice might throw people off. That's only my opinion. And uh, also predictions that are no good because right now the whole TA thing is not looking good either. <laughs> Nobody called it. <laughs> Two days before the crash, <laughs> I kept seeing little people drawing lines going up. Okay. The crash hit and like, oh, look, lines are going down now. Oh, that's what yeah. <laughs> I do that in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just look at the chart and go, yeah, it's going down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows 10 minutes from now what will happen. No. Nobody no, knows. No, no. Not even 10 seconds from now. No. <laughs> you know, there is a book that kind of called this. Someone had mentioned it on a different stream, a book called Patriots. And it was about preppers and about a financial collapse. But the predication was what is going to cause the financial collapse? Well, in this case, it's not a financial collapse. It's not a complete collapse. There's mitigation in place, but it was the virus. It was the virus. I saw something, a good post by Caitlin Long saying, yes, the virus poked that bubble, but we have been in debt 
for the longest period of time, it was going to be anything. If it wasn't the virus, it was going to be something else eventually. We've yep. reached a tipping point, and I thought that was a very accurate tweet, in my opinion. Yeah, Caitlin is brilliant. She nailed it. I yeah. totally agree with her. There was a big bubble on everything, and the virus is the needle that popped the bubble. Exactly, exactly. That's what, That was it. That was funny. Duckpool said, Rick doesn't believe in TA. Learned this today. I stopped believing in TA like a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Long time ago. I only had to look at it for about a week and say, no, that obviously doesn't work. I could get chicken bones in a wooden cup and ask the chicken bones, up or down? I'm going to go with the chicken bones. <laughs> <laughs> or flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we feel your pain, everyone. We feel your pain. We, ha- we have some stories to talk about. Let's, uh, let's, let's flip the switch a little bit and uh, talk about some of the cool things that happen within the Cardano ecosystem. I know the price has been a main issue, and I know it's on investor at the top of your mind, but we also had the release of a very important paper this week. It was the Hydra paper. Anyone can access it. It's on ePrint. You can print it out. I believe it's like 55 pages. I read a good majority of the paper. I skipped the parts that they were expounding on their calculus formulas because it's not useful to me. And also, I don't understand it. But theoretically, I understood the paper. I understood what they were trying to do. That was a very well-written paper. Rick, do you have any thoughts on Hydra? And comment in the comment section as well. What, did anyone read it? And what do you think about it? I do. Off the top of my head, from what I can remember, I'm going to look it up now, but the bottom of page 29 through the bottom of page 36 reads uh, for normal humans like me and Philippe, and there's some graphs. The graphs also help. But my key takeaways were there were simulations run. It's not working Hydra code. That doesn't exist yet. But they ran the simulations to verify that it is feasible to run 1,000 transactions per second on a global network. The test was between Frankfurt, Germany, Oregon, and Tokyo. So on a global scale, using scripts, modeling, and simulation, they were able to produce information that indicates that a thousand transactions per second is possible. Then with each pool operating as a head of the Hydra, that would be a thousand times a thousand pools would give you a million transactions per second. Theoretically based on simulations. Yes. Keywords, theoretically, based on simulations. Yeah. The The better part is we will have some folks from the Hydra team on the Cardano effect. Yes, yes. To give us a better understanding of what work has been done and how Hydra is planned to operate. Yes. I, I have my questions about Hydra, and I posted a video on my own channel talking about it. I would like to ask the experts to answer the questions more thoroughly, and maybe they can give us a little bit more insight of how it's going to work, how it's going to function with these nodes, especially if we have issues with forking or certain nodes may be turned off at certain periods of time, how we're going to achieve finality, making sure that the heads are communicating with the main blockchain and communicating in a way that actually processes transactions quickly and efficiently. So all these questions, I think, are going to be good questions for the experts when they come on. but. Cardano has written a lot of papers. I, I should have bring my stack today. It's it's at my dad's house. So next time I keep on forgetting. I'm I'm, I'm going to bring it next time, and I have to print the new papers. And the stack is growing, and there's very good theory behind what Cardano can potentially do. So it's about finding a way to build these solutions now. So I thought the paper was excellent, 
And uh, if you need to go and take a read, it's very novel and um, check it out because we're looking for that Lightning Network type solution that actually works because Lightning Network does not work. So if we can achieve this Lightning Network, the theoretical Lightning Network on Cardano that actually works, then we're in a whole new game. So we'll see. Yeah. And another thing you touched on, very important, was near one second finality which is extremely fast. Like it, nothing, I don't think anything has achieved that yet. The fastest crypto I've seen is Nano. Stellar's pretty quick, but the fastest one I've seen is Nano. But I don't know about the finality and the security. Uh, yeah, it was page, the bottom of page 29 to the page 36. Page 36 goes into conclusions for simulations. And another thing we're interested in hearing from is critics who can read the thorough details of the Hydra paper and give us some inputs on what you think is not possible or you think is not feasible or maybe not simulated well enough to come to any sort of conclusion. But keep in mind, this is also the research phase. So now's a good time for that kind of stuff. But these are peer-reviewed papers. So you're probably not going to find a whole lot of criticism on crypto Twitter unless you got people with PhDs who are good at designing cryptos <laughs> yeah, that are going to provide critical input. But we certainly would welcome some feedback on this paper to help us formulate some questions and, you know, will this really work? Yeah. 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 I, I have my notes. I have my concerns and I'm waiting for that Hydra TCE episode so we can really air it out and see exactly the steps that we're going to need to take in order to get this implemented and how long it's going to take to get implemented. Because I'm assuming that this is going to be a project for the Haskell side because... I mean, that, that's our that's our kind of like our final version for Shelly. So we're, we're going to make sure that all of these things are are running correctly, are running correctly. And there are no issues because when you're running specific nodes for specific companies, like if you're a state channel, like they say in the paper, you have to make sure that the transactions are actually going through. You have to make sure that they're accurate and you have to make sure it's communicating with the main blockchain because these are businesses that are putting their information on the blockchain. And if they're getting a decline message or they can't put the information through, then they're going to seek other solutions. It's like you go to the grocery store, it's seldomly that your credit card just declines because it can't communicate. It declines because there's probably no money in the account or maybe there's an issue with that specific terminal. But most of us go to stores and you can swipe your credit card every time and it achieves that finality pretty quickly. And the ledger is completed for Visa or MasterCard or whatever card you you go forward. So if we're having an issues with nodes connecting to each other or nodes actually processing the transactions, then it's going to be a hit and miss whether those transactions can actually even be put through. So that's an important thing, a point of contention to make sure that we we specify when these people come on. Yes, it has to function well. All right. Should we check chat and I'll give a brief update on the ITN? Sure. Yes. And we'll switch into other subjects, okay? All right. Okay. So we're going to, if you have any questions, let us know in chat. We'll see if we can get them addressed. Feel free to help each other out in chat as well. I see a question from Mike Long 300. For those who are new after the snapshot, do we need to update in regards to Daedalus or do we need to wait until mainnet? I'm seeing posts that are showing stake pools in the wallet. I think there's a two-part question there. Yeah. There will not be another snapshot. There, At least no. currently, there is no published information that there will be another snapshot on testnet. I have not seen it. Me neither. As far as stake pools in wallets, there is the ability to retire nodes now that came out with, pre it came out with previous versions of Jormungandr. 
but retiring a node will remove it from wallets and stuff like that. I don't know if anybody's used it yet. I haven't tried it myself. I don't have a need for it. You want to talk about a little bit about Jormungandr 0.8.14 based on that? Uh, yeah, 0.8.14 is very performant. We just ran uh, 24-hour endurance tests on 0.8.14. It goes to the bleeding tip and stays at the tip, so it's running well. It did require a few parameter changes, which is expected from build to build. So it's performing very well. There's not a lot of changes in features, but what it does is it works with the newest version of Daedalus 2.3.0, and people are seeing better performance out of Daedalus now. So when Daedalus first boots up, it'll contact the IOHK servers because it has a list of the servers and say, basically, I'm a node. What does the network look like? And then it will start gathering information about the network with initial contact from the IOHK servers. So at this point, the ITN is very highly decentralized. And then the, the wallets will begin talking to the pool nodes and gathering updates as time goes on. You leave the wallet open. I did a, a crypto Twitter poll. And there's a large percentage of people who are seeing 60% have seen improved performance, 20% have not seen improved performance, and 20% said show results. So that's a big gain. What is that? That's a three times. So three times the number of people are seeing improved performance on the 2.3.0 Dayless wallet. We're also seeing network synchronization on the ITN. I'm going to hop over to pull tool real quick. I don't know if you want me to do a screen share. I didn't plan on doing it, but I can and do a quick walk around. All right, so I'm over here on pull tool and I went over to the hamburger, that little three things called hamburger network health. And over here, we're seeing that 62 nodes out of the reporting nodes, this is the reporting nodes only. Some people are not reporting to pull tool. There's a greater percentage on 0814. This is a really, really good sign that 0814 is performing well because the majority of nodes are on it. Not the majority, but the plurality. The largest number are on that. 41 nodes on 089 variants, and then a few that are on 0813 uh, and so on, previous variants. So 089 alpha 6 is probably top and 0814. Here's your 0814 variants. Michael Fazio already released 0814 alpha 2 with his uh, special upgrades. And if I go to 089, uh, let me see first. Okay, 089 variants aren't listed. Network is looking okay. Yesterday, it was at 94.6%. Today, network sync is at 92.3%. This synchronization between the nodes. Current block heights is looking good. This is the tip of the blockchain from the reporting nodes. So 208 nodes are reporting at the tip of the blockchain. And then the other nodes, just a tiny bit of lag here. Now, what you'll see is this bar will bounce down as soon as one new node. There it goes, right after I said it. Uh, so a node just created a new block. And the other nodes are receiving it. Now, there's going to be a 16-second delay, approximately 15, 16-second delay before you see this bar bounce, and there it goes, before you see it bounce over here. And the reason for that is it depends on the speed that the node operators are reporting. So what we're seeing on the pool operator side is that it's highly synchronous. It's near instantaneous. When a pool operator compares the number they're looking at to this number here, 304916, or whatever this number says, this little beacon, this is the bleeding tip of the blockchain. And we're seeing the node stay at the bleeding tip of the blockchain. Now, there will be a slight delay between this number and this number on the graph because I have my node set to report 16 seconds. So there'll be a 16 second delay between the time they receive the latest block and the time they report the latest block. 
And that's because the pool tool website itself has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of nodes reporting in, and you don't want to crush the web server. That's simply a limitation of this web server. That's why you see these changes. So it'll jump to the tip, and then a new block is created. It'll drop back, and then it'll jump back to the right-hand column to the latest block when this column of the majority of nodes matches this number on the top right. Cool. Okay. So it's looking pretty good. This one's down a little from yesterday, but pretty good on the network. Okay. I'm going to drop that screen share. Any questions? Let me know. Hop over to chat real quick. Yep. Let me hop over to chat too. Thanks, Luke, for ever helping people out. Yeah. Falcon Eye Vision asks, guys, would there be a kind of a huge crash and that Cardano would go near zero? Could IOHK Mergo continue to function normally? I would assume yes. They're not running on ADA. I would say for a certain period of time. Yeah. Because uh, if it stays near zero for a long period of time, I think that that's going to be troublesome, not just for the Cardano project, but most of these companies that are running projects. Because there's there's a certain sense that in order to gain businesses within your ecosystem, there needs to be a certain level of liquidity. And if there's no liquidity and it's near zero, then I don't think businesses will invest. I think that, I mean, you can look at the IOHK Emergo and the Cardano Foundation wallets. Cardano Foundation wallets haven't been touched. But these entities, you can't expect them to not use or consume ADA for the rest of eternity. It's just not going to happen. So if you see something on ADA scan, it's, you know, these companies, they're, they're using their own product and they're using it to make new investments, create new companies and just push the ecosystem forward. So I think that uh, it's definitely not an indefinite thing. So I'm sure, I'm sure that it has them worried too. And that's just not a Cardano specific thing. All crypto companies. It's not, I'm not picking on Cardano whatsoever. Yeah. So I think they'll be fine. They'll be fine. We don't know. We don't know the inside details. Philippe and I have no inside information, so we can't really answer stuff like that definitively. Oh, I do have a question here. Oratube says, "Rick, don't ask people to reach out to you on Twitter when you're not answering emails." I apologize. I didn't get back to you. I did answer the first email. I told you that I would send you a Zoom link, and Duck is correct. I am extremely busy. I apologize. I completely forgot. Completely forgot. I actually have to close Telegram when I'm doing these live streams because I have. Many, 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 many people reaching out to me, and I'm also extremely busy. I travel all over the world all the time. So I apologize, Oratube. I'll get back to you. I'm going to send you a Zoom link exactly like what we have here, but it'll be a private link, and I can help you fix your Daedalus wallet. If your Daedalus is still broken and you upgraded to 2.3.0, delete everything. Delete every trace of the old wallets. You got to get into that file system and delete anything. If you're on Windows, everything in percent app data percent. You got to delete all of it. Get rid of every trace of the old wallets. Install 2.3.0 and use your 15 word seed to restore the wallet. That's what you got to do. Or tube, let me know again. I'll check my email. I do get tons and tons of email and tons of stuff. I apologize. That was my fault. I completely forgot. Let's see. Any other questions here? I got people pinging me on Telegram while we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, but I, I love Telegram and I, and I enjoy social media, but I, yeah, uh, go, go easy on Rick or too, because uh, I, I sympathize with that too, because I get a lot of messages myself and, you know, we're one person and it's a lot of, you know, Rick, Rick works a full-time job. I work and it's, it's, it's difficult communicating and, and balancing everything and making sure that you're getting to every single message on so many different platforms, just so much time in a day. Yeah. I got to be careful not to overload 
You know the old saying, alligator mouth, dragonfly butt. <laughs> I've never heard that saying before. <laughs> yeah. Well, they use the word ass, but I was going to okay. say it. Okay. They got the alligator mouth and the uh, mosquito ass. There yeah. you go. That's, okay. the, that's the saying. Uh, let's see. We got another. There's another. Oh, can you elaborate on what those endurance tests are, Rick? Oh, the endurance tests. Well, endurance testing is just pushing the, uh, the new nodes, the pool operator nodes, to make sure it works over time. And usually we hit it with a lot of transactions, but on the test net, it's too expensive. And he also asked, are you sending fake transactions in the network? No, not currently. I just got back from San Diego last night. So I plan on setting one up. I guess I can do one tonight. I can hit fake transactions. They're just noise. Basically, the fake transactions are noise on the network. Those aren't really an endurance test because the network drops them. You know what I mean? Yes. So I can do those. But I cannot test real transactions to the degree that it needs tested because they're too expensive. It's 0.4 ADA per transaction. So if I did the endurance tests like I did during the network phase and hit it with 100,000 transactions, that would be 100,000 times 0.4 ADA, whatever that number is. 40,000? 40,000 ADA? Yeah, that's how much it would cost. 100,000 <laughs> times 0.4? Yeah. Yeah. That would cost 40,000 ADA to do the same test. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we did it on the network phase when we used theta, fake theta. ADA. But yeah. theta, theta is real ADA. I think I need to test that. And then I go, oh, I'm going to burn real ADA. <laughs> <laughs> Incentives work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I also have um, just switching gears real quick because also in our title, we're going to talk a little bit about the Gen 2 partnership. So we are sponsored by the Cardano Foundation here. And I said it when our first episode happened that when we were sponsored by IOHK, which was a great sponsorship, we didn't have a point of contact to receive information. So now, like with the Cardano Foundation, we have points of contact and we are in constant communication. So we know a little bit about what the Cardano Foundation is doing prior to them releasing certain products. So I have a PR release statement in front of me that was sent by the Cardano Foundation. It might be public too, but... uh, we can talk about it. And basically, I'm not sure if we touched on this, but there is a partnership with a company called Gen2. And I want to get everyone involved here because I want to hear your opinions about what this is. But uh, Gen2 and the Cardano Foundation have reached a cooperation agreement aimed at creating the basic infrastructure based entirely on Cardano to launch new financial products. So I have a couple notes about this partnership. Let me just pull it up. So in the press release, it says that Gen2 plans to release some ADA-denominated structure finance products. So this would be based in ADA and future versions of ADA-denominated based products and exchange-traded products. So ETPs and ETPs, there's, there's lots of different ETPs, but basically what it means is they're going to be putting securities on the blockchain in, in, in layman's terms. So what they do is they issue a... ISIN, which is an international securities identification number for securities. So they're a Swiss-based company and they offer the ISINs for Swiss-based companies. So you could run a security technically on the blockchain or in the traditional market in a Swiss market, which is wonderful because they're a Swiss-based company. But the I learned that the ISINs vary from country to country. So it doesn't mean that if you release a security based in Switzerland, 
that it's going to have compliance with the U.S. markets. There's a different ISIN for U.S. markets. There's a country code before each USIN that tells you which country it's associated with. Like the United States has U.S., Australia, AU, the Switzerland, Switzerland, I believe just has S, I'm not 100% sure, but it varies from country to country. So the ISIN gold standard would probably be to get an American ISIN if you're if you really want that maximum exposure. So it doesn't mean that the securities are going to be able to be offered within the states, which is not the fault of Gen 2 at all, fault of legislation and whatnot. So certain use cases that they have on their website, what am I talking about for securities? They have a couple case studies. For example, this Hollywood film producer, I guess, creating a film company, creating a security behind that, healthcare-related products, and also financial-based products. So moving forward, the question I had for everyone was, securities are eventually going to be offered on blockchain products, including Cardano. I'm not sure if they're going to be offered for US customers, but would you spend your ADA on certain security products, like security tokens? Are you going to? I mean, I know that we had the whole ICO bubble in 2017. Chances are, when securities come, we'll probably have some kind of security scams as well, as far as companies that are not necessarily even blockchain related or need blockchain products, but they're just looking for extra capital to raise. And uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's ever going to be liquid enough where people are going to part with their ADA to, to trade it for certain securities on the Cardano blockchain? Would you do it? What do you think? Yeah, not so much for securities. You know, I am not well versed in securities. I just don't know what they are. They could be in my 401k, mm-hmm. could be. I don't even know if they are or not. And usually buying those, like those ERC-20 tokens in 2017 and 2018, a lot of times we didn't even know they were securities because the debate still raged on, is it a security or not? Now, the good thing is going into the future, it'll be defined using like this Gen 2 partnership, I guess. Yeah. And it will be clearly defined if it's a security or not. Basically. Let me ask this question. Is is a security like professional gambling? Like you're saying, I'm going to buy this product based on the fact that if a third party puts in the required effort, it, it may go up in value. Yes, yes, yes. So like for, there was a recent example with cattle. And let's say, let, let's use the coffee bean example, because that could be considered a security. If you have a company that's creating a coffee industry in someplace in Africa or someplace anywhere around the world. And they need, I look at more as a funding model, like they need capital in order to continue their business. Maybe they need to purchase new plots of land. They need to purchase additional infrastructure or machinery to process those beans, whatever they need to do. They may launch a product on Cardano as a security token. So say that that farm or that individual plant goes up in value or or increases production over time, then everyone in that's invested in the product is entitled to some sort of dividend. So it's it's I, I think it's a way of kind of democratizing seed investment. So you don't have to go to Silicon Valley and do series A, B, and C financing in order to get venture capital from very rich people. You can be a just a small mom and pop business and use security tokens as a way to fund your business. But it's a catch-22 because there are going to be those diamonds in the rough, but they're also going to be, if you democratize it, anyone's going to be able to create a security and ultimately say that they need money. And that's what happened with the ERC bubble and uh, ERC-20 issues within 2017. Even with the ISIN numbers 
I'm not sure if that's necessarily going to protect investors. And there's different ISIN codes for each country. So I don't know. I don't know. Adoja says Adoja official, and that would be the Adoja project. STO models are too restrictive, and I think they can be easily displaced in most cases by true utility models. So there's some comments on it. Yeah. But it's very difficult now to even differentiate between um, utility and security uh, or security token offerings because STOs like what is true utility? We, we need to have smart contracts released. We need to have the blockchain a little bit more complete in order to understand how we can have a utility-based model. That's what it comes down to because there's a fine line. Like, I mean, say you could just implement a simple smart contract and say it's a utility token, but is it really? Or are you just using that as a facade in order to offer a security token? You know, you know, Philippe, you bring up a good point. I think crypto has an identity problem. I don't think crypto knows what crypto is. Is it a store of value? Is it peer-to-peer digital currency? Both are not the same thing. A store of value is not always a peer-to-peer digital currency. You know what I mean? Yeah. My 401k is not cash. I can't buy a taco with my 401k. Is it a security? Is it a blah, blah, blah? You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think crypto, although it's very flexible, it's so flexible that it, that it has an identity problem. What is crypto? You know, that's a good question. Is it peer-to-peer digital cash? I'll give you a good example. Nano is. It is. It's a good one. Uh, Just a good example. I can send it from my phone to somebody else's phone in an instant. I can do the same thing with Yoroi on ITN decentralized. Yoroi Mobile, I think, is going to be a big hit. Yeah. I think it's very important. There's a a question from Falcon Eye Vision. I think it's a good question. Can we go over to that in the chat? Yes. I want to make sure we hit our questions on the chat. Falcon Eye Vision asks, Rick and Phil. Can you agree that the momentum of what Cardano wanted to achieve marketing-wise has been compromised by the coronavirus? Where are we now with McCann in any update? My answer to that is no, the coronavirus did not because Charles explained it in his AMA two days ago that they're a global country and a lot of people work from their home or home offices and it hasn't impacted their operations at all. For example, I don't know where the marketers work. I think the only thing that has compromised the marketing moving forward are delays. Since you asked the question, I just got to give you an honest answer. So delays in release of a product is the only thing compromising the marketing process. What do you think, Philippe? Any- I, I completely agree. I don't think that marketing has been compromised by the coronavirus. It's been around for a little bit now, but countries have just started to take it seriously over the past couple of weeks. I, I'm just speaking from a United States standpoint or Western countries, but no, no, absolutely not. Because this project has been around for a while and there have been delays since the beginning. So to think that the coronavirus has an impact right now, I don't know. I I don't think so. And like Rick was saying, it is a decentralized company. There's employees all around the globe. And most people are, there are a lot of people that are working at home in their pajamas. So, you know, there are things, no, I didn't mean to say it like that, but <laughs> be a fair statement. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, yeah, since there's no office space, like, I don't think it's being compromised right now. So naked. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like to code commando. Yeah. <laughs> I think better. Yeah. No. And the second part of his question, uh, where are we with McCann? No update. I haven't heard anything. Rick, have you heard anything? No. Uh, okay. Well, Charles had made a comment. I don't want to quote him, but it was not. he was not impressed by the results. Really? Or something like that. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have no inside intel. Yeah. Uh, so words to that effect. I don't recall exactly. It's hard. It's hard. Rick, we, uh, if, they're, if they're not impressed with the results, we need to start our own marketing company and uh, our services need to be purchased by IOHK. I think we can do a good job. Telling them where they need to go. (laughs) We will. And and just so you guys know, we do get other sponsorship offers and Philippe and I look at them and say, maybe not that one. Yeah. Yeah. When a good one comes, we'll we'll definitely have a little mid-roll ad. We're hoping for Ledger and Trezor, but we're not broad enough. We're we're Cardano specific is what we believe is why they're not. They need a bigger audience. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good advertising place for Ledger and Trezor, but there's a few. There's a few good businesses out there. I got to say they're good, but they might not be a good fit to sponsor them on this podcast. So it's a trade-off. Yes. The duck pool says next time Rick in pajama and Philippe naked. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I'll show up in Speedos and a flip-flop. How's that catch, man? <laughs> you only see the top half of us anyway. So you don't, you don't know what we're wearing underneath. But no, no. We're fully clothed. That's just, uh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> you can guess how many tattoos I have. You won't have to guess anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sean White says, hey, guys. So I know the percentage of ADA rewards is going to decrease over time. So no longer the 7 to 14% we're getting now. But do you know what causes the rewards to decrease or is it a gradual percentage decrease? Well, first of all, the epoch time when we hit mainnet is supposed to be five days. Right now, it's a shorter period, one day. And uh, this is a test net. It was going to be higher to start off with because IOHK needed to incentivize people to actually participate in the snapshot and test the network. So in order to incentivize people, you're not going to use the projected 3 to 5% return rate, return on staking rate. You're going to bump it up a little bit so you can get as much activity as possible. But once again, people are going to be dismayed about the 7, 14% to 3, 5%. Who cares about the percentage right now? If the percent, we need as many people to stake as possible. If more, the more people stake, that's what's going to increase the value of ADA. The initial asset needs to be increased. The staking rewards, I mean, it's just inflation at the end of the day. But if the price of ADA goes up, it's going to be much more valuable than your ROS at any particular time. So we need to focus on the utility of the blockchain. And uh, it's directly proportional. So the rewards during mainnet are going to be directly proportional to the amount of transactions within each given epoch. There's a great calculator by Ruslan. But you can go ahead and play with the number of transactions. Of course, it's an estimate because the metrics might change or the specs may change over time. But you can go ahead and estimate to see your ROS given a certain number of transactions in each epoch. I don't know if you wanted to add anything, Rick. No, just use the calculators. It's also going to be affected by participation of the number of stakers. The more people that stake, the number will go closer to the set value. Let's say it's 5%, for example. The less participation, it will go higher than 5%, for example. Then the more participation, the closer it will come back to the 5%. I do have a question for viewers. Please provide inputs on chat, and maybe I'll do a Twitter survey as well. But Tezos has staking available on Coinbase. When Shelly goes mainnet, and it will, it will eventually end up on Coinbase and other exchanges. What do you all think about? staking from an exchange. I personally think it's a good idea because you bring in all the heavy traders. Some people have to store their coins on an exchange because uh, their local computers are compromised or something like that, or they just the environment they're in 
But that's the question for y'all. Do you think it's a good idea to have staking? Personally, I would like to see ADA stake from exchanges because then we'll get more stake on the network, thus creating greater security for the blockchain and inviting more people to participate by having that available. And some people would prefer not to because, so what are the pros and cons, right? What are the pros and cons to being able to stake from an exchange? So some of the pros are you invite more people to participate. You get the big traders in because some of the big traders, they like to store their coins on exchange. And some of the cons are the exchanges could abuse it. Like what happened with Justin Sun and CZ on, was it? Steam or? Steam. Yeah, Steam. But Cardano is not affected by that currently. And once that ability comes out, it would probably be preventable. Like the protocol won't allow it. So what, what do you guys think? That's a good question for y'all. I see Duckpool saying, I'd rather see them in our pools, which is, that's a good point because when Coinbase comes out with staking, even if they offer a significantly higher percentage, the user experience of staking on Coinbase is going to beat all of the third-party pools out there. So individual pools will be affected. Third-party pools will be affected. And, and you can't hate on the, the staking platform in, in Coinbase. I mean, I think you posted something about the Tezos. It looks really cool and it's going it up and it's so clean, you know, and it's just, that's, that's mass adoption because that's what normal people want to see. That, that Robin Hood type experience where everything is interactive and they can see it live. So unless some of these third-party pools build out solutions like that, there's no competing. And right now, there's no incentive for third-party pools to build out a platform like that. So likely, if it goes to exchanges, they will attract a lot of the ADA that's floating around right now. They will. Plus the traders, some traders, if they like high-speed trading, hey, let's let them stake and also still be able to trade because Cardano is giving you the ability to do that. Yeah. For uh, for example, with EOS, for you to unstake it, you got to wait three days for it to unstake and then you can move it. But with Cardano, you can move it while it's still staked. And then whatever happens at the end of the epic is whatever happens, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, like it's it's something like you 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 see the big whales out there. I mean, people that probably have, I don't know, 10 million US dollars and more in in actual tokens. Um, not not ADA tokens, dollar values. I mean, you have like $10 million on Coinbase or Coinbase Pro and you know you go on vacation, it's staking while you're trading it. It incentivizes you to stay within the system. I mean, you could be earning over $1,000 a day, you know, given the ROS of of staking within Cardano. So it's it's very, I think it would be good for for that. It, it yeah. will, I think traders would stay longer within certain assets if they knew they were earning returns in the in that in that downtime period. Yep. And I don't want to speculate, but there could be some value to being able to trade a coin that you can also stake to where people say, you know what, I want that coin. I want to trade into it. You know? Mm. So there's there's some good trade-offs there. I don't know what they all are. And people are complicated, you know? Yeah. It's it's really hard to figure out what a market's going to do. It really is. It is. It is. I think staking from an exchange would work out okay as long as the person has the ability to pick any pool they want. If they are stuck staking only to that exchange's pool, that would be a drawback. That would be a con. Mm-hmm. But if they could stake to any pool on the network, that would be a pro. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So if it's executed well, I think it's a good idea. Just my yeah. opinion. LGB No says, yes, imagine a day we can buy and sell on a decentralized platform straight on the blockchain through Daedalus. Yes. That would be... That would be pretty cool. 
Daedalus needs work. Daedalus needs work. Since 2017, if you go on the DaedalusWallet.io website, there's two assets, Ethereum Classic, I believe, and Bitcoin that says coming soon. It's been there since 2017. And uh, I'm, I'm waiting for multi-currency support. Like We've been waiting for a while. It would be cool to have a whole kind of platform within Daedalus. I think that would incentivize people to keep their funds within Daedalus. If they can manage multiple coins within their portfolio, they can do some kind of swaps within, this, uh, within Daedalus, but it just hasn't happened yet. And I think that we're probably far from that because we have a lot of intermediary steps. But uh, it's something that would be extremely useful. There is. And what's interesting, the technology called extended UTXO, the very, very underlying technology, allows Cardano to not only use Hydra, but it also puts it in a position to be interoperable with UTXO model accounting, such as Bitcoin, and accounting model, such as Ethereum. Yeah. And those have both been shown. The icon for each has been on the DaylessWallet.io website ever since Dayless was first released. Yeah. It's still there today. So in the big scheme of things, the plan is to interoperate. Yeah. Uh, but in an interesting thing that came up about, can other coins use Hydra? Someone asked a question about Ethereum 2.0. I'll go back over to that question in a okay. minute. I got to scroll back to it. But the other blockchains would have trouble using Hydra and it's the way it's been released because Hydra requires the extended UTXO model to operate, and none of the other blockchains are currently using the extended UTXO model, which kind of brings us back to that question about Ethereum 2.0. I'm sorry, I lost it because it, it scrolled. It says, have you guys looked into Ethereum 2.0? Do you believe it's ever going to happen? And personally, I think Cardano will be the next Ethereum, but so much better and stable. Yes, I think it'll happen. They'll get there. Yeah, yeah, Ethereum 2.0 will definitely yeah. come out. I mean, Vitalik's brilliant and yeah. their team their team is brilliant. They have a lot of developers. They've been very productive. And at this point they have a network effect. They have a lot of companies that back this project and those companies will continue to back the project through Ethereum 2.0. So they're always going to have some place in the market in my opinion. Yeah, and I think Cardano will be the next Ethereum, but so much better and stable. It could. There's a potentials there. I think Ethereum 2.0 and Cardano are going to look a lot alike. By the time it's all said and done, they're going to look a lot alike, which yeah. is okay. That's a good thing. Yeah, I would rather see Cardano and Ethereum work together than to see multiple, multiple forks of Cardano and Ethereum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. my own personal take on that is like between Bitcoin and BSV and BCH and Bitcoin Gold and all the other variants of Bitcoin, although some people say the value goes up, my initial thought is, well, it'll devalue my coins because people are spending their value buying those other coins instead of buying the coins that I bought, right? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, forking is a good thing, but when I run it through my head, I go, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the Duckpool says, if we run Haskell ITN version 2.0, Rename the ITN. Oh, I see. You're playing a joke on that. <laughs> no, we're not going to rename the ITN. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be named whatever they name it. Uh, Ethereum's not going anywhere, and Ethereum has some serious backing behind it. So what Cardano needs to do is make sure that they release their products in a timely manner because every day is a day lost at this point. There's a point of diminishing returns in the fact that there are companies actively looking for partnerships, actively looking for places to build. And the longer it takes, the more difficult it will be to attract that. So you, don't, you want to try to grab as much market share as possible. And it doesn't mean if you have the superior product, doesn't mean that everyone's going to flock over, especially if there's an issue with timing. So timing is everything. 
So that's very important because Ethereum already has that advantage of being the incumbent. And let's say Cardano releases Shelly right now and we're waiting for smart contracts and Ethereum 2.0 releases before we release those smart contracts or before we release Voltaire. They're going to take all the steam away from us. You know? Yeah, Philippe, you read my mind. I was thinking that last night on a plane when I was coming back and I was thinking, what happens if Cardano, so the market crashed, right? Mm. What happens if Cardano releases all the guns during a bear market? Like if you launch Shelly on mainnet during a bear, you launch smart contracts during a bear, will it have the same effects? Like, okay, so you go from 2.8 cents to 3.5 cents. What would you rather have, that? Or would you rather go from Five cents to 10 cents. <laughs> you know, I'd rather I know go from were, five cents to 10 cents. <laughs> I, 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 I know you were being conservative out? when you said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> how, how do they figure that out? I don't yeah, know, man. I don't know. It's a tough know. call. It is. It is. It it's is. A it's tough a tough call, man. It's it's a race. It is a race. And uh, it's it, timing is everything. Timing is everything. Especially when we're so dependent on Bitcoin and it doesn't seem like any asset is going to outperform Bitcoin anytime soon. And uh, Bitcoin's not going to outperform Bitcoin anytime soon. So it's about methodically releasing these products. But, you know, I think it's there's something to say about even if we release these products during the barest of barest times, when the, when, the, when the sunny days do come back, then we'll have a fully built out platform ready for people to come instead of scrambling and saying another product, wait for this other product. I think it's more important right now to release as much as possible this way, when when the bulls do come back, if they ever do come back, we have the fully functioning thing. The car is already working. I agree. Release the technology when it's ready. Yeah. And no sooner and no later. Yeah. The marketers will figure it out. And the yeah. market, the market yeah. will figure it out. It'll show eventually. In the end, it'll show up. Yeah. But my initial inclination is like, whew, yeah. how do you, you know. Nick says, yeah, we need to get it out now so we're ready to ride the wave back up. Yeah, I agree, Nick. Yeah. Toilet paper's outperforming Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Stack the it up. The demand is higher. Stack Supply it up. and demand. If you're selling toilet paper, make sure you don't get caught by someone that posts you on, online. You'll be, uh, you'll be ridiculed for price gouging toilet paper. Yeah. Samuel Sabangalas brings up a good point. As far as I can remember, Cardano will have special address kind without voting rights for exchanges. So Cardano shouldn't be able to have the same effect as Steam it, that Steam it had whenever the exchanges did their number on it. I don't remember precisely how it works. However, for more information, check out Adattainment. Adattainment did a great video to explain the different address types that exchanges will use and how they can be used, the limits, the limitations, and the ability to those addresses. That was a very good point to bring up. Thank you for that. Uh, so should we hop over to Reddit for a real quick rundown? We're, we're yes. over the hour mark. Yes. A lot of what happened on Reddit is the Hydra and the issues um, and Charles's AMAs and videos during the bear market. So, yeah. Check out those AMAs. Best updates there yeah. are. Best updates in the space, man. Yes. Nobody yes. does it as good as Charles. No one does it as good as Cardano when it comes to updates and communications. Yes. And I just want to let everyone know because one of the posts is about the International Women's Day, IWD. We had a special guest, Tamara Hassan, on the Cardano Effect podcast. That was the previous episode. It was a great episode. Go and check that out because if you're not familiar with Tamara, Tamara is one of the integral pieces that have helped build out the Cardano project, especially with all the hires that they have right now. So it takes multiple people to build a dream team, but she is definitely very high up there 
within the Cardano project. So go check that out. So Charles was alive twice yesterday and four times this week. Holy cow. Okay, yeah. go check out his videos. It's on yeah. his channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's all your updates. <laughs> yeah, those are all your updates. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much everything that happened on Reddit. I see a lot of Charles videos on here. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> go check them out. Yeah, where, where else do you get that much information? Exactly, exactly. Even in a bear market. Oh my gosh, think about that for a second. I just dawned on me. The market was trashed and he's all over YouTube. That tells you right there. When shit hits the fan, he shows up to the game. <laughs> Can't ask for more than that, right? Correct, correct. You remember we were having that little chat on the Corona Effect Telegram the other day and he said, I, you know, technically lost $2 billion since 2017. No one's lost more than him. I was like, yeah, those were... It was pre-minted, but, you know, could have dumped it all-time high. Smart people do that. He held on to them. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're good, man. We yeah, got everything good. on Reddit. All, yeah. all set. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in for episode 79 of the Cardano Effect podcast. We appreciate you, and we appreciate your support. This podcast wouldn't be what it is without you. So remember, if you want to support this podcast, hit that like button, hit that thumbs up button, share it, subscribe. And make sure you keep on tuning in. We have a lot of special episodes. This is our live stream series. And if you don't like the live stream series, it's fine. We have a plethora of different mediums on this channel, including special guests, our live stream series. And I mean, we have so many different guests from so many different companies. We have IOHK, we have Emergo, we have the Cardano Foundation, and we have a an episode planned this week and we just released the reddit thread with the cody guys so we're trying to make sure that that's scheduled on time we've had a lot of issues with scheduling and also you know coronavirus throws a hamper into everything so we're going to make sure that we try to get that episode to you promptly so have a wonderful weekend everyone remember stay safe stay positive i know it's tough and uh we all feel your pain too so with that we're gonna sign out until the next episode of the Cardano Effect. Bye, everyone.